It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat. Today I'm joined by Chris Errington and Jack Ball as we look back on Argyle's first win of the season, which was Saturday's 2-0 victory over Charlton Athletic, courtesy of two Jake Jervis goals. Hi chaps. Hi Stu, how are you? Very well, thank you. You're good? And I'm, well, probably not quite as happy as you two, who uh, will be mm. understandably delighted given Argyle's win at the weekend. Good, uh, good game, Chris? Yes, very encouraging performance from Argyle. Um, you know, the, the first defeat at, at Peterborough uh, was disappointing, always disappointing to lose a game, but it was a decent performance. Um, now, you take out the Bristol City game in the Carabao Cup because there was nine changes and, you know, that was a, a real bad night, but... To play Charlton and perform the way they did, um, I thought was very um, positive for you know the rest of the season. Uh, Charlton probably edged it in the first half, I think, in terms of possession and in chances. Luke McCormick made one fantastic save, which I'm sure we'll mention shortly. Um, but once Argyle took the lead, Jake Jervis in the 53rd minute, I thought they were the better team. Um, and I thought they were they were good value for the win. I, I I was encouraged, and I would have thought Jack from a fan with your fans hat on. Mm. I mean, that was quite an entertaining game to watch, wasn't it? As Chris said, you know there were a lot of changes made for the Bristol City game, and I went into Home Park and I was feeling a little nervous, you know, because you want to pick up those points as soon as possible, especially when you're in a new league. And yeah, I got had to had to stand firm in the first half, which you're gonna have to do in, in most leagues in football. You know, it's never going to be one way traffic. Your team's never going to dominate the whole game. But they, they really did play well. And I think Ryan Edwards impressed me in that first half. He made some fantastic blocks and uh, and whatnot. But yeah, I ended up leaving the game feeling very happy. And it was really encouraging. And I think, you know, there's, there's been times in the past where a big crowd's turned up and Argo maybe haven't performed in the past. But to get that result in the opening game with such a big crowd can only be positive going forward this season. Yeah, we, we had a question last week. I can't remember who it was from, but there was a little bit of concern from the guy who sent the question in saying... He couldn't see where Argyle were going to get that first win of the season from. You probably yes. remember it. Chris, yeah, I do. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it just goes to show, you know, it, it, you can get it against anyone. Uh, absolutely, and I thought they did well. I mean, you look at Peterborough. It's very early in, in the season, so you can't draw too many conclusions. But Peterborough went to Bristol Rovers on Saturday and won four one, and Jack Marriott scored a hat trick. Mm. So Argyle's perhaps unfortunate two one defeat up there. You know, looks in a slightly different perspective when you look at a result like Peterborough winning four one at Bristol Rovers. It's it's way early in the season to draw too many conclusions though. But um no, I, I, I thought they played well. Um it was good that there's a, a decent crowd over eleven thousand, you know, created a good atmosphere, nearly a thousand fans from Charlton as well, which I think we'll see in League One we'll, we'll see a few more away fans turning up, which always adds to the occasion. The pitch looked great, the weather was good, you know, Jake Jervis scored two really good goals. I mean you know, we've talked about Jake on the podcast over the years, but you know that's twenty nine goals he's got now for Argyle in his career, and that's that's no no mean no mean feat. So I, I thought he did really well, but you know 
Picking out players on Saturday was one of those uh, difficult tasks as you look through the team and, and, and everyone put in, a, put in a steady performance. Could have been a much better performance, really, a much better afternoon. It was quite well. Clean sheet, your first, first win of the season, to get that on the board is always important, isn't it? You know, and you know, I wasn't too bothered about the Bristol City game because there were so many changes and it, it just was just one of those nights where it was just a, a bit, of a, it off, really. bit of a train wreck. But nevertheless, I think, you know, Jack's right, you know, second league game of the season, it was important to get some points on the board and to get three and a clean sheet and score a couple of good goals and create lots of chances. I mean, I saw Carl Robinson, uh, the Charlton boss, reckon that, you know, Charlton should have killed off Argyle in the first half. And, they, you know, they certainly had the opportunities, you know, the Luton Cormick save. Ryan Edwards came up with a fantastic comments, but I've had chances of their own in the first half as well. It wasn't all one-way traffic. So, um, and the one stat I did see that Carl Robinson won't like uh, being mentioned, but um, it was Argyle's first League One win since Easter Monday 2011 when they built, beat Milton Keynes Dons 1-0 at home park. Carl and the manager of Milton Keynes Dons then and the manager of Charlton on Saturday was Carl Robinson. <laughs> so there's the link between Argyle's last two League One wins. It should be a chance. Can you manage them every week? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and I'll uh, probably need to dig out my minute from somewhere as well. But. So, standout players then. You said uh, pretty solid team performance. And, I mean, looking from afar, mm. it sounds like McCormick made this incredible save. Mm. The defence obviously kept a, t- a clean mm. sheet. Uh, from what I can gather, Nathan Blissett had a standard ovation as he went off as well. So, Jack, who, who, who caught... Who caught your eye? You mentioned Edwards yeah, as well. Yeah, like, like Chris said, it, it's a tough ch- challenge for him to pick a player out, and it was the opposite on, on the Tuesday night. Wasn't yes. it? You know, it's, it, when it, when you have a performance like this so well or so bad, it is mm. hard to pick out Over one opposite, player. To me, actually, the one player that didn't stand out necessarily, but one player that surprised me was Antonin Sarsovic. I I don't think he's really lived up to the expectations that I certainly felt he would when he first arrived. Obviously, he got a goal very early on in his career, but I thought he had a, his one of his better games on. Um, on Saturday, yeah, Nathan Blissett. I mean, you can't really judge him from the game on, again on Tuesday because he had no service, and it's hard to judge a striker like that. But in the circumstances, considering he's one of very few strikers that we have at the moment, he did a good job and he got some recognition and hopefully confidence. We've spoken about confidence a lot on the podcast, and the standing ovation he got from the Green Army, a big, you know, a big crowd. Hopefully, that'll give him confidence to go on. Um, yeah, Ryan Edwards stopped a goal from going in in the first half. Mm. I can't remember which Charlton player it was that had the shot, but it was going into the goal. Big Yeah, and Ryan Edwards just blocked it with his head, and it went over for a corner. So, I, I think there was a, all good team, you know, a team effort. Jake Jervis again getting the goals. Uh, it's it's good, and it's less pressure on Carey when the whole team are, are performing to that standard. Yeah, um, just want to pick out Sarkovic there. Um, obviously, he came in last season. Everyone was talking about him as potentially. Graham Carey's replacement, that type of thing, and playing that number 10 role. But obviously Derek Adams has got him playing as one of the two defensive mm. midfield roles. Yeah. He impressed me in pre-season, Chris, when I saw him. Has he carried that pre-season form into the League One campaign? Uh, I, yeah, he's not done too badly so far. I'm still not convinced it's his best position, but uh, I think he's doing a job for the team in there. And certainly in the second half on Saturday, I thought he, he sort of was a lot more prominent in the game. Um didn't think he featured too much in the first half, but when Argyle got into the game and got the lead, I thought he was more influential. He made a good couple of good runs. He made a couple of good tackles that got the, the crowd uh, going. So yeah, I think there's still you know areas for him to work on if that's going to be his position going forward. But um, you know he's got a, he's got ability on the ball. There's no doubt about that. The, yeah. the thing that impressed me is that the players worked hard. You know they lost the ball. They they chased it and tried to win it back. There was no hands going up in the air and oh I'm fed up with this do you know what I mean it was, it was a very hard working and 
determined performance. Yeah, they're going to need that, of course, in, in League One this season, mm. I think. Uh, as always, plenty of questions sent in from our readers. Uh, starting off with one from Michael Eddy, who said, Promising signs in the league, even without that elusive number nine. How do you think it would affect our goal season if they don't find another striker and carried on as things are? Do you think Argyle have a big enough squad to risk first-team players against the likes of Exeter and Chelsea? Well, they've two... got to get that striker. They can't rely on, on the two they've got, can they? Yeah, I mean, there's two parts, really, to, to Michael's question. And thank you for it, Michael. Um, they'll find a striker. There's no doubt about it. You know, I, I'd be shocked if we went past the transfer window at the end of August and Argyle haven't bought in at least one striker, and maybe two now that Ryan Edwards is going to be uh, Ryan Edwards, Ryan Taylor, is going to be out for three months. So they will, they will. He, Derek Adams will bring in a striker. I don't think it's a case of can Argyle, you know, cope without adding any more strikers. Somebody will come in. I still think it's most likely to be a Premier League loanee, young loanee. But you know, time will tell. Derek Adams did drop a hint when I spoke to him last week that you know maybe a, a player at another club who might be more experienced but isn't in the first team would cancel his contract at the club he's at and then uh, come to Argyle as effectively a free agent. And Derek Adams did make it clear, if you didn't read the piece that we had last week, that Argyle aren't in a position to pay large transfer fees. So, you know, Omar Bogle, John McKinley, John McKinley not yeah. going not gonna to happen. You know, so um, second part of the question, do you think we have a big enough squad to risk first-team players against the likes of Exeter and Chelsea? That's obviously in the Czech Trade Trophy. Uh, Chelsea under-21s are at Home Park on Tuesday night. Um if it was me, I would I would pretty much rest everyone who played on sat- Saturday, wrap them in a bit of cotton wool and save them for the long trip to Southend on um, Saturday. Saturday uh, Southend are coming off a 5-0 drubbing at Rotherham, which was quite surprising because they'd yeah. beaten Blackburn the previous week at Roots Hall. So I, I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. if Derek Adams makes nine changes again like he did against um, Bristol City. I, I don't have a problem with that. I don't know what you feel, and Jack. I know you like your Tuesday night games and, and cup games. You, but you know, surely this you, you, it would be a big risk to put too many first team players yeah, in this game. Wouldn't it? You spoke to Derek in pre-season. He, mm. he said that that's the point. He's not going to play a full strength team against mm. Chelsea, didn't he? So yeah. he's already made that. And I'd be shocked if he made nine changes against Bristol and then didn't make the same amount of changes against Chelsea. Yeah. I know, Chris, you're going to do a piece explaining the rules. There are a lot of different rules um, affecting mm. who can and can't play. But yeah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be risking any. Any top players for this game is it's pointless, really. You know, you, I just don't. I don't think it's necessary. I think the fact that he played almost a scratch team against Bristol City last week indicates that he would do exactly the same this time. You know, there's no way that he'd prioritise this game over Bristol City, is there? Yeah, I mean, he's already, as Jack says, Derek Adams has always already said he's not going to play a full strength team against Chelsea under twenty ones. And as you say, you know, Bristol City nine changes. Whether it had been as many as that, I, I don't know. But um, you know, the last look at what happened to Oscar Frelko against Bristol City. He didn't really want to play him. He put him as a, put him on as a sub in the second half, and he came off injured, and he missed the game on Saturday. You know, you don't want to risk one of your key mm-hmm. players um, in in the Czech Trade Trophy, pick up a slight knock, and then miss what I think will be a difficult game against Southend because they'll have Phil Brown, their manager on at them all week about how they've got to make amends for a yeah. 5-0 defeat so you know okay, I'd, be, I'd, I'd be very surprised if Argyle have, have got you know more than two or three of the players that started the game on Saturday but they've still got a decent you know decent players the, the squad as it were not yeah. the first team players yeah. the players that haven't played you know starting the league games they've got good enough players that can come out and put in a performance and they, should, they need football don't they and so. they should have a point to prove because let's be honest the Bristol City performance yes. was woeful 
Yeah. Was, yeah, it was absolutely woeful. And those players that played in that game, this is almost another opportunity for them to yeah. to go back and actually show that they're capable of a lot better because, you know, I sat, and we, Jack mentioned it, I sat trying to work out man of the match from the Bristol City game and it was nigh on impossible mm. because, you know, no one played anywhere near to their ability. Yeah. Uh, Luke McCormick saved then. I've seen the, the video highlights and watched the mm. football highlights show on Channel 5. It was a, certainly a fantastic save and... Mm. One or two people are saying one of the best saves they've ever seen at home park. Yeah, I, th- I, I think the particularly the second part of the double save, um, you know, because the first save was good, uh, but be, to be able to sort of get himself in position, balance the the strength in his hand to push the ball up onto the crossbar and away was um, was fantastic. I must admit, I, was, I saw. I think it was Northampton Fleetwood and uh, the Northampton keeper. Oh, the triple save. The triple save yeah, was, was probably better. <laughs> <laughs> that was a triple save that, that was in, uh, incredible. But it was, it was a great save. And it, it's also in the context of the game. At that time, you know, Charlton were getting on top. You know, that you felt like if they got a goal, you know, they'd have been at least 1-0 up going into half-time. And, you know, it could have affected things. And it was, it was such an important moment in the game. And Jake Jervis, when we saw him after the game, mentioned it without being asked about it, the, the save, and he, he just mentioned it, that he'd given everyone such a lift that, that you know, Luke McCormick had made that save and uh, gave him a bit of extra confidence, belief, motivation to go on and get the result. So um, yeah. I, I, I thought it was an fa- absolutely fantastic save. It's always telling when the crowd jumps to their feet for a goalkeeper. That doesn't happen too often. Mm. And it's always better, I think, when things hit the crossbar. You know, if a shot hits a crossbar, it's 10 times better than if it just went inside the bar. So it, that always makes it look better as well. Well, being highly critical, I think he should have done better with the first save. <laughs> I don't think the second save should have ever really happened, but uh, as I say, that's me being ultra-critical. Richard O has sent us a question. Delighted with the whole team performance on Saturday, but Luke McCormick made some game-changing saves, which obviously we've just spoken about. How important will it be for Argyle to have Luke McCormick injury-free this season? Now, he was last year, Chris, and Argyle won promotion, so he's he is a key player at home park, isn't he? Yes. I mean, you know, he's the captain, most experienced player. I find it hard to believe, having known him for a long time, he's 34 on Tuesday. If Luke McCormick's 34 on Tuesday, that must make me about 100 or something. <laughs> so, uh, um, so happy birthday to him. And yeah, he's a, he's, he's a key player. It, you know, people um, got worked up about the performance of Robert uh, Toloik uh, against Bristol City uh, in, the, in the cup game last Tuesday. He didn't have a great game, but he certainly wasn't the only one. And I've got to be honest, I was disappointed with the reaction of some of the Argyle fans towards him. Um, it was his debut, you know, uh, give the guy a chance. And I, I've said to a few people, I can recall Roman Lario making uh, his debut um, or game very early on in his Argyle career against Bristol City. And he was flapping around at every cross that came in and, and didn't look very good. And I'm sure anyone who watched Roman that night would have gone away saying, he'll never play another game for Argyle. And he went on and played 318 games for them. So... Um, Yes, Luke McCormick's very important, but um, I'd like to think if Robert Tulloy plays um, against Chelsea under-21s tomorrow, he'll get a good um, good reception from the Argyle fans at the game that, that go to the game. Yeah, fair point, Joe. 100%, yeah. It's, it, was, it was sad to see. I mean, he, he came he came off Twitter, didn't he, after some of the, what, what was led to believe some of the, the comments that were made by Argyle fans. But I've also seen a lot of Argyle fans saying it's unacceptable as well to mm. give him so much abuse for, 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 one, for one game. At the end of the day, we're all pushing for the same thing. We all, we all support the same team. We all want Argyle to do well. And as Chris said, it was his, it was his debut, so he, he deserves the respect. And, you know, he didn't... The whole team had a bad game. It was an off game. They they, they happened, you know. Look at, look at Yeovil last week, lost 8-2, and then won yeah. 3-2 at the weekend. So you can't be too much into that. But Lou McCormick has been a fantastic servant for the club. 
and I still think he's one of the best keepers in League One, League Two, you know, outside the Championship. And you, you just have that you, when when the opposition attack breaks free, you just have that sort of almost extra sense of you're not worrying just quite so much because you know he has a steady pair of hands and he was fantastic on um on 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 Saturday and yeah he's a huge part of the team. One of the best saves you've ever seen? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, as I said, when it when it comes off the crossbar, always just, just that extra wow factor. But his his reactions are fantastic, and you know there's there's no reason why, as Chris said, he might be turning thirty four, but there's not a reason any reason why he can't play for another few years. No, yeah, no, no, no. Well, goalkeepers not. generally do, don't they? Yeah, yeah. plenty of goalkeepers yeah. going on to their league. It's nice for Derek Adams. So. It must be to have someone they know they, they don't have to really worry about that position as much. Yeah. Uh, moving on then, obviously Argyle broke the record last season with their number of away wins. Uh, Toby's asking, do you think Argyle will be relying more heavily on home form this season as opposed to League 2 where away form was so prominent? I guess it's that down to their style of play, isn't it, Chris? Do, do they seem more suited to being at home or away this season? I, I think if you look at the, the game against Charlton on Saturday, it was almost an, uh, uh, what would be deemed an away performance in the fact that Argyle got the lead so tough up the pressure well. and then when you've got Jay, Jervis and Grant and people and Blissett that can attack with pace and power on the break that's the way they want to play and I think you know they'll play more teams at home park this season that come to, to try and get a win rather than in League 2 maybe teams were more cautious um, so will they rely more heavily on home form Derek Adams wants to win every game home and away um, home form's important because in theory, there was an advantage to that, but um, I don't think they rely on home form. They're, they've got a style of play. They'll they'll play that way at home and away, and they'll hope it proves to be effective. And it has done in League Two, and we'll we'll find out if it is in League One. We played two games in League One so far. They could have got a point at Peterborough, and and they beat Charlton. And yeah, you know maybe if Luke uh, McCormick hadn't made the save he did, they might have gone on and lost that. But you know fine margins in football I, I, I think they'll just they'll carry on playing the way have, the way they have done if, if, if it isn't broken don't try and fix it yeah, have you been impressed with the way Argyle have, have, have played their football this season Jack? it seems to be a more football based kind of well I've, I've only seen two games one of those was the Bristol City game so I mean <laughs> they, they, yeah they, they were good on Saturday I think Derek Adams is keen to try and play football you know in League 2 it's a very bitty game you know there's a lot of tough physical players out there and it's not always easy to play football when you're in in League Two and League One, possibly there'll be more of the chance. Some of the players were great on the ball on on Saturday, and just their awareness of, of space and where each other is running, and that'll only develop as time goes by. But I don't necessarily buy into home away form. It, you know, as Chris said, you try and win every game. You need to have a fairly decent record on both if you're going to be successful. Mm. And the only thing for me about home form is important is because it's where most of your revenue comes from for the tickets, yeah. obviously. Indeed. Uh, interesting to read as well, comments on social media and things about um, certain players. Uh, Gary Sawyer was one that was actually picked out. Um, people have been impressed with him so far. But we've had a question from Richard Sloman saying, given Gary Miller's impressive performance on Saturday, will Oscar Threlkel perhaps get a chance in defensive midfield now? Now, that's an interesting one, isn't it, Chris? Because I know you've got a little mm. question mark, perhaps, about Sarkovic mm. as a long-term yeah. defensive midfielder. And Fox is, you know, getting on a little bit now. Yeah. So, yeah. Could that be a long-term position for Oscar Throwcoat? Well, I, I agree with Richard. I thought Gary Miller had a, had a good game. And I know he's not flavour of the month with, with some, some vans, but you've got to be fair and reasoned. And I thought he had a good game on Saturday against you know some tricky wide players that, that Charlton have got. You know, If Gary Miller consistently can play like that, then there's no reason why he doesn't stay in the team at right-back. 
And Oscar Threlkeld, as we know, is, is more than capable of playing in a defensive midfield role. So that, would, that wouldn't be a bad situation for Argyle to be in. Equally, you know, Oscar Threlkeld, I think, to me, probably right back is his, looks his best position. Um, so, you know, you'd perhaps like to see him in the side there. It, what it means is if Gary Miller's playing well, then that's going to cause some selection problems for Derek Adams, and that's what any manager wants, isn't it? So um, I thought Miller played well on Saturday. I think long-term Threlkeld is, looks to me more of a right-back and a defensive midfield player, but, you know, time will tell. I mean, um, lots of players have started their careers in one position and moved into other areas as they've gone along. Mm. Jack, what do, you, what do you think of Oscar? Well, it's always handy to have versatile players, and mm. I think you know that in this day and age where it is so important to have that, you know, especially the lower down the leagues you get because your goal sizes possibly aren't as big. Oscar Frelkeld, he came on leaps and bounds last year, and it just shows the importance. I think we spoke in the office about young players not playing under twenty one and under twenty three football and coming and you know putting working on your craft and working on what you can do. And he, for me, was one of the players of the season last last year. You know, it's definitely top three. Gary Miller's. He's been criticised by some some parts of the Green Army, but Chris is totally right. He had a fun, a, a, a very good game on Saturday, and it's right that he got some recognition for that because he's not always been getting the recognition. Possibly some of his performances have have warranted. So, yeah, it certainly helps to have versatile players because in midfield, you know, they are short. With Jamie Ness only just coming back to fitness, but I agree with Chris. He excelled at right back last year, and if Derek Adams has a headache over selection because players are playing well, then. It's a good position to be in. You mentioned Ness there. I hear that he had a, an outstanding debut on Saturday. <laughs> as, well, as one fan put it, he didn't put a foot wrong in the, in the yeah. 10 seconds that he played to deserve man of the match. <laughs> Michael Eddy, uh, I think we'll be pushing towards the higher end of the table, but I worry about the size of our goal squad. Two or three more players would probably be ideal or a bit more faith in some youngsters. The game in League One seems to be suited for football and so the opportunity is there for younger players to come through. Now, we saw a lot of the... Argyle youngsters in mm-hmm. pre-season Jack and I went to the um, Devon FA game and there was several that caught the eye that night wasn't there Jack mm-hmm. so uh, it's hard to see them getting an opportunity at this moment in time though isn't it really I think when, you, when you're a youngster coming through you just got to be ready even when you are called, up, uh, called upon but you've got the likes of Lionel Wainsworth you've got, you've got Aaron Taylor Sinclair you've got so many players that are more experienced as it were that aren't, mm-hmm. aren't starting games so that obviously they're going to be ahead in the pecking order Um it's easy to say, you know, when you when you're a fan, and it's easy to say, oh, I want young players to come through, but you can do that all you want. I mean, look at Crew; they're they're well known for bringing young players through, but they're still in League Two at the moment. And when you have that desire to get out of League Two, as we have the last few years, you can understand why some young players haven't had the chance. We uh, Michael talks about having two or three more players. I think Jack admitted he wanted an extra two players um, a little while ago. Yeah. that could be three now if he wants an extra striker. So I would expect two or three more players to come in before the the end of August. Um, but yeah, I think we'll see some of the youngsters possibly on on Tuesday. Um, it's it's one thing seeing them at Newton Abbott though, isn't it? Another thing seeing them in a yeah. competitive League One fixture. So I, th- I don't think we'll see too many of them making a huge impact on the first team this season. But if they are, do get the chance, then it's up to them to take it. Yeah, I mean, I think the squad-wise, there's, there's 24 professionals on the books. Uh, three of them are first-year professionals, Fletcher, Bentley and Rose. So that takes it, say, 21 You've got Ryan Taylor, who's out injured at the moment, so that takes you to 20. Um, but that's you know a reasonable sized squad, I would say. Jakob Sokolik didn't get in the, the match day squad on Saturday because you know he was the odd one out, so to speak, when it came to came to selection. Um, you know, there's going to be probably two signings before the end of the transfer window. 
So that's a squad of 26 professionals now, even if three of those are first years. You know, that's a, that's a sizable squad. It's a bigger squad than Argyle have had for, for a while. Um, as far as young players, I'm all in favour of young players. They've got to be good enough, though. You know, um, I think because Argyle haven't had that many young players coming through in recent seasons, this is the, the, the danger of people becoming obsessed by that we've got to have young players in the team. Yeah, we all want to see young players from Plymouth and the surrounding areas in the Argyle team. That's, that's got to be a good thing. But they've got to be good enough. And um, Jack's right, you know, they might get one or two opportunities and it might not be fair, but they might only, their careers could depend on those one or two opportunities and they've got to be ready to take them. So if anyone, if any one of the youngsters plays tomorrow night against Chelsea under 21s, then they've got to be ready to go out there and put in a really good performance to catch the eye. And, you know, you look at, you know, someone like Cameron Sanks during pre-season. Yes, it was pre-season and it didn't really matter, but... He caught the eye in pre-season training. Derek Adams put him into a few games, first-team games. He did well, and he, he gained in confidence and experience. Now he's back with the under-18s, but that's stood him in, in, in good stead. So it's an example of you know a young player catching the eye, but then going in and making the most of the opportunity. And he'll still be there when Derek Adams' head. He'll still be yeah, yeah. absolutely. And he, I noticed he scored, actually, for the under-18s up at Swindon on yeah. Saturday. So I think he's the one that'd be interesting to see because he could potentially play, I think, tomorrow night against mm. Chelsea. It's, so. it's, it's got to be a possibility. Um, yeah. And you'd think the others might be involved as well, although the South West Peninsula side have an away game against Stoke Gabriel tomorrow night. So there's, there's, there's two games to try and uh, fill a team, two teams yeah. out without playing your first team against Chelsea. So that might sort of stretch the resources a little bit. Yeah, indeed. Uh, moving on to the Chelsea yeah. Checker Che Trophy game then. Um, it's a mouthful, isn't it? It is, yeah. Managed to do it, though. <laughs> Just. Um, what sort of team can Argyle fans expect to see? We kind of touched on it already. We're pretty much expecting a, a, a second... Yeah, Bristol City, team, I think. We? Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be. Yeah, with maybe one or two of the youngers. Because you're playing against a, a young team, so why not? I haven't spoken to Derek Adams about it lately, but you know, if you're going to be playing against Chelsea's best young players, it, wouldn't it be a good idea for Fletcher or Bentley or Rose or one or both or all of them sort of thing to, to play against Chelsea's good young prospects and you can judge where they are compared to, to Chelsea's players. So yeah, I think we're all expecting it to be a, a below-strength team. Quite how below-strength, we'll, we'll find out. But as, as I said, you know, if you're not in the first team at the moment and you play at Bristol City or if you're a young player that hasn't played in the first team, it should be an important game to you because yeah. you've got a point to prove. Mm. You know, it, it might not be deemed as important to, to some people, some fans, and I can understand why I, I will boycott it or not go to the game because of their concerns over the Checker Trade Trophy. But if you're in that starting lineup tomorrow, no matter how many people are there and the fact it's in the Checker Trade Trophy, this is a chance for you to show Derek Adams what you're capable of because um, you never know when your opportunity is going to come. You know, one first team player gets injured and there's a gap in the team, and then you're in because you played well against Chelsea. And, and away you go. Ryan Taylor's a perfect example. So of that, you know, you, you've got to be prepared yeah. to put in a really good shift. And that was the thing, disappointing thing about Bristol City mm. is that, you know, four 0 down at half time. And I'm not done with the half back to this too much, but you would have expected a reaction in the second half, and there wasn't really a reaction at all. It was just more of the same. And um, so. If, if those players that play against Bristol City are playing against Chelsea tomorrow they need to play better mm. and I always think it's a good game for these youngsters as well because you just don't know who's in the crowd watching no, you know no. if you have a good game mm. you stick in the mind of a scout or something Absolutely. you know it's got all kinds of repercussions Absolutely. for your future yeah. career talking of Chelsea though I mean they've obviously got 
all kinds of talented young kids coming through. They've got players that played for the England under-19 mm. team that did so well in the summer. So it'll be interesting to see some of them players as well and, and just how good they are. Yeah, um, Mason Mount, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I played for England under-19s, played in a number 10 shirt and was very good. And it was interesting, Jay De Silva, who played in an England under-19 um, tournament, he was on loan and played for Charlton on Saturday, quite a good game for Charlton at left-back. Mm. So... You, you would expect Chelsea to bring a, a good side down. Um, you know whether Chelsea and the under twenty ones against Argyle's reserves, should we say, is is a great benefit to anybody. I'm I'm not sure, but um, it is to Jack. It is to Jack because he. No, was no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to knock anyone. You know, Jack. We Jack says on the podcast he loves Tuesday night games and cup games, and and that's that that's that's fine. Um, what I would say is that because this is an inter- interesting debate, and the the, th- the thing that sh- strikes me is when fans are saying anyone that, that goes to these games are supporting the, the idea of Premier League B teams coming to the league system. Well, no, I'm not. Mm. I'll be the first one in the you know in the protest if that ever happens. Um, and and I, I really don't. The, the, the attendances last season proved that that doesn't really make a difference. If they're good, if the EFL whoever wants a Premier League want to do something, they'll they've got the money to do it, haven't they? Really. So, but I will. I enjoy cup games. I will be going. But it's not to say that I'm therefore saying that I want B teams to be in, in the league system because that is the, the last thing that I want. I'm looking forward to the game. It's be interesting to see some some Chelsea youngsters. You know, Chris, you've spoken before about going to see some mm. under twenty cup games before with the likes mm. of Daniel Sturridge mm. playing. And, yeah, absolutely. So I just don't know who's going to be there. Do no, you? so it's, it's you it, might see a star of the future that in a couple of years' time you can say oh, I, I saw them at home park and 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 who's to say I mean I, I don't know but it's, it's one Chelsea player stands out tomorrow and Adam thinks well I'll, I'll try and see if I can get him on loan and it it might work out that's what happened with Craig Tanner wasn't it after yeah. all, Reading came down and played an under 23 game and, and he impressed and they signed him up so you know who's to say something couldn't come out of that from a Chelsea you know loaning an Argyle, uh, loaning and an Argyle also club. what I'd love to see is if Argyle did progress and we had to say end up getting to Wembley how many of those people that have morals would then not turn up to Wembley that's the interesting thing you know, if, you, if you're not going, if you're going to boycott these games because your moral standpoint, then you should see it throughout the whole competition. So, yeah. that's, that's my view on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the 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 one thing is is that you know, without going over old ground too much, um, if the EFL can turn around and say, look, the attendances are doing are going better and this is working, um, yeah, I I fear that in a few years' time, Chelsea under twenty ones will be playing in the EFL, and so I can see why people are boycotting it because. If you open the door even an inch, I think that the Premier League will try and get in. And uh, I don't want to see Plymouth Argyle play Chelsea under twenty ones in a in a League One or League Two or well, not League Two because obviously Argyle won't get relegated. But you know, <laughs> in a League One game in the future, I don't want, I, I don't want to see that. And no. I, I can't believe that the vast majority of fans want to want to ever countenance that possibility. No, I totally agree. Going back to the league, then um, as we say, Argyle have Southend on Saturday. Uh, Graham Coffins are. Southend, he is, it? yes. So, um, yeah, Argyle legend. Nice for you to meet up with, yes. uh, with Coco again. Yeah. And as you say, Chris, they were they were stuffed 5-0 by Rotherham at the weekend. A similar yes. sort of performance to Argyle. I think they were 4-0 down in no time at all, Southend. Uh, so, uh, unbelievable because they've beaten Blackburn yeah. at Brooks all the week before. Ryan Leonard is another uh, Argyle, uh, former Argyle player. Uh, only played the once, but Plymouth Lad and has done fantastically well at Southend. A lot of transfer speculation about him over the summer and... Sheffield United, though, I think, were very keen. I think Millwall were in, were in as well, yeah, weren't they? they? Were. Um, but Sheffield United were very keen. Ryan's still there at the moment. You know, I think he, he never... scored against Blackburn as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Um, 
it's always a bit difficult when you go into a game against a team that are coming off a 5-1 drubbing because you know that all week that's going to get hammered into them, isn't it? Mm. We want a reaction. We want a reaction. So I think Argyle are going to walk into a little bit of a storm there and it might be a case of uh, you know, holding tight for the first half and then trying to weather the uh, whether they probably uh, onslaught that they were going to get and then see how they can uh, take the game in the second half. It's what we love about English football though is that... Uh, you know, people say in League Two, a team, anyone can be anyone. I think in English football, anyone can be anyone. You know, you, you see that in every league up and down. And no one would have predicted Robin could win five 0 after after last weekend's results. The the one thing I will say is I just wish Chris and everyone travelling up this Friday yes, better yeah. than the last away game because that's yeah. <laughs> two two oil spills the last two Fridays. So um, fingers crossed it's not a third time. I know. Let's hope we get there in uh, <laughs> in a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> Indeed. Well, guys, that's uh, thanks for joining me. That's all we've got time for this week. We'll be back again next week with more of the same. But don't forget that we'll host our Argyle web chat on Friday ahead of the weekend trip to Southend. Thanks for listening. We are always happy to hear from you. And if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account at Herald PAFC or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.